What is going on, everyone over at Breakthrough Success? Mark Birdie here, and podcasting is a platform that I love. I have three of them, and I advocate for a lot of people to start their own podcast. But in this episode, we're going to talk about how do we build up that world-class podcast, that podcast that accelerates your business, introduces new customers into your brand, and allows you to make an impact through your work. We'll be talking about that in this episode, and we are joined by our guest who is the founder and CEO over at Cashflow Podcasting. And he's dedicated to helping industry advocates to start, launch, and grow world-class podcasts for their businesses. He's had the privilege of collaborating on hundreds of podcasts since 2012, applying his podcast principles and service systems to help clients easily host shows that make a deep impact while reaching millions. So our guest who joins us is none other then Ben Kruger. Ben, welcome to the show. Mark, I really appreciate you having me on. Always uh, get excited to talk some podcasting shop. So here we are. Podcasting is something that excites me as well. So this is going to be a really fun conversation. And when it comes to building a world-class podcast, the place we should start first is figuring out what are the, like, how do we figure out the messages we want to focus on, the key themes of our show, so that when it becomes world-class, it's right for our brand. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, I'm a big believer in, with, with podcasting and really with any communication channel, um, starting with a very clear objective, like why are you starting the podcast? What's the purpose? Um, and why, why use that channel versus others? So, um, we can definitely dive into that and, uh, but I'm a big believer and start with the end in mind. Um, cause that allows you to then craft what you're doing, um, to fit in with the other marketing channels, to fit in with your brand, to fit in with everything you've got going on. Mm. And podcasting you, it's one of those things where you really can fit it into a variety of businesses. And if you're a coach, if you're an author, there's a variety of ways you can fit podcasting into your business. And it's a great way to accelerate your business as well. And I feel like that's an area a lot of people miss. They do the podcast, they do the episodes, but they treat it as a separate entity. And they're putting in all this work and they don't see the revenue coming out of it. So how can we get better at creating episodes that do grow our business rather than just pumping out content and just feeling good that we're doing it? Yeah. So this is a great question. And honestly, this is where I get excited to talk about podcasting because, you know, podcasting for podcasting's sake. Okay. That's, you know, that's something to do. That's, you know, that's a great way to spend your time. Um, but when you can connect it back with what you are offering, how you help people, how you solve problems for people, um, and you, you make that journey easy for people, that's where it gets really exciting for me. So fundamentally what it comes down to, um, with, with essentially generating clients from a podcast, uh, is a few key things. One is your content should be centered around helping people solve a, a very particular problem. So if your entire brand is around, um, you know, let's say building an online business, you know, we're, we're, we're running with this, uh, as, as an example, then 
your podcast should be also themed around that and your episodes, you need to think of your content as standalone resources. So each episode needs to teach, needs to entertain, and needs to help the audience understand better um, or learn a, a, a technique or learn an approach, learn a strategy, essentially take that little tiny next step towards their primary goal um, and towards helping you, you essentially helping them solve that problem. And then once we have, you know, solid content, and this is, this is where actually a lot of people do well with the content piece. Um, what tends to be missing is the, the, a lot of people listening to podcasts don't even know that you have a product, don't even know that you have a service. Um, and so the, the, the solution there is having very clear calls to action in your episodes for very simple next step actions and opportunities uh, for your listenership. So, you know, you've heard them called opt-ins, you've heard them called, you know, uh, like uh, uh, email bait or, you know, there's the lead magnets, there's a bunch of different terms for them. Um, but fundamentally, what you want to have is a simple resource that helps people get a small resort, uh, result around your particular topic. So um, let's say a great example is um, we work with a client who uh, they, the podcast is called the Denim, Dennis Freedom Blueprint Podcast. And um, his whole thing is he helps dental practice owners build long-term wealth through real estate investing, like insanely specific business model, insanely specific target audience. Um, but he knows that when people are interested in learning more about how this works, the first thing that they are going to do is ask like, how is this different from investing in the stock market? How is this different from investing in, in other things? So he's got a, a short ebook that answers all of those questions. So in his podcast episodes, he has clear, simple calls to action for the listeners, um, both in his outro and through, you know, sprinkled throughout the episodes where it makes sense mm. that if people are wondering, you know, um, how is investing in the stock market different than building long-term wealth through real estate investing different than other investment vehicles as a dental practice owner? That is a perfect next step for them. So they can go to, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the actual website is, but I think it's like dentistfreedomblueprint.com and they can grab that free book. They can grab that free guide and that connects them over to engaging with him on a deeper level through the book, through now they're on the email list if they weren't before. Um, and so what it really comes down to is creating a stair-step ladder where people get a little bit more of a solution from you. You're helping them get a small result, uh, result in the direction of how you help them. So then in, in theory, the offer that you have, whatever product or service or offer that you have, is essentially like the ultimate way they can get a result in that direction. So what you need to do is, is with your podcast, you kind of build a pathway or you build a, a stair-step system over where people can connect with you on a deeper level. So that is where it gets really exciting. And depending on the market, depending on uh, your audience and your business model, there's a bunch of different directions you can go with it. 
but fundamentally that's the the most effective route there and a lot of content it does revolve around getting people on your email list and the great thing about podcasting and other content you create it once and it keeps on getting you new leads and if you are promoting a time sensitive affiliate offer you can always go back edit the episode, change it, re-upload it, and then it doesn't have the time-sensitive thing anymore. But there's just so many benefits to podcasting and being able to insert those free offers that build the relationship. But this only works if you get listeners to your show. And that's part <laughs> of the world-class aspect. That's part of how Ben's been able to help a lot of clients impact millions of people. So how do we attract listeners to our shows what would you say are some of the things people are missing because you hear you know promote on social media do this do that but what are the things people are missing yeah so i have found that uh growing a podcast is like rolling a snowball down a hill if you start with a chunk of snow if you start with a base audience whether that's people on social media or an email list or your personal network or you know Act, uh, groups that you're a part of online and Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, you know, Quora groups, those kind of things. Um, that momentum that gives you the ability to grow with some momentum. Whereas if you're starting with absolute zero scratch, no audience whatsoever, uh, generally, I don't think podcasting is the right vehicle for you right out of the gate. Hmm. Now, um, and and just like any other marketing channel and marketing uh, approach each one has its natural strengths and its natural capabilities. Um, podcasting works really well at growing an audience and allowing for natural grassroots style growth, particularly through one-to-one uh, -one sharing and one-to-one -one, you know, referrals where, where your audience can share your content out through their personal networks. Um, so I'm a big fan of that and we can kind of dive into how that works, but um, I'm not a huge, fan of and and I don't see a lot of success with people who are starting a new venture they're starting a new brand in a new direction and the very first thing they do is start a podcast with no audience that uh, isn't isn't the strongest approach and it's really hard to get that momentum so I'm I always recommend folks get um, build a small either an email list or a client you know, a small client base or a small social media following first, because it's a little bit easier to get those first followers. Um, and then it's time to start the podcast because then we've got that momentum and we can get that snowball rolling down the hill. And momentum's definitely a big part of it. If these search engines see that you're getting 5,000 downloads for an episode, they're going to say people like this and we're going to keep pushing it. And I definitely see how the momentum carries forward and having that initial audience really helps. Would you say there's some strategies that work better than others when it comes to building that initial audience so that you're all set to go with the podcast? Yeah. So one of the fastest ways, if you've got, if you're willing to invest a little bit of cash um, and you want to do it quickly, uh, Facebook ads to an email opt-in is like the classic the fastest way to grow um, an email list if you don't have a lot of connections in the industry. Um, one of the other fantastic ways to grow quickly is to get involved in industry events and um, share your expertise as a speaker. Doing podcast interviews on other people's podcasts is a great way to get your name out there and 
again, uh, the same concept applies where you should have some resource that you can share with folks and a place where they can get it in exchange for an email address. So um, those are some great ways, but the, the fastest way for sure, if you've got a little bit of capital to spend is uh, Facebook ads to an email opt-in we've found. And it's interesting, you have the organic approach and you have the paid approach. And even if you dip your toe a little bit in both of those areas, you are going to see some gradual growth. Facebook ads, they could take time to learn, but once you learn them, you have a profitable one in place, then it's just a matter of continuously running that ad. Would you say that it's good to do like paid Facebook ads? Like when did, would you say is a good time to do them? Do you believe in proving the concept first or do you believe in creating a landing page and then just running the ad for that? Yeah, so I can I can see it in both directions. Um, the route that I think of proving the concept, if you are personally involved in an industry where you can get a couple of clients, you can work with people directly and get their feedback on what their biggest pain points are and you can work with them to develop your offer, your product, your service, whatever you're doing, um, that is hands down going to be the quickest way to develop an offer that actually resonates because you're getting boots on the ground feedback, you're getting um, actual insights on what people need and, and what matters to them. Uh, if you don't have that, then using Facebook ads to an opt-in gives you that initial group that then you can do a proof of concept offer to. You can see if some if what you're creating or what you're planning on actually resonates with those folks. Um, and if it does, awesome. You can you know get some feedback from those individuals, refine what you're doing. If it doesn't, that's where you may need to scrap it. You may need to figure out why is this not resonating? Does it not solve the pain point? Is the pain point not painful enough? You know, there might be a couple of different things going on there, but um, essentially what it comes down to is proof of concept. Um, so you want to have that race to proof of concept of what you're offering and, and what you're planning to do for people. Um, and then, and then Facebook ads works really well at, okay, I know my proof of concept. I'm going to pick one very specific audience to start with as my core. These are my core people. Um, and so that, that allows you then to run through your offer a few times, refine it, you know, figure out where it, it adds the most value. Um, and quite frankly, who you enjoy working with as, as a provider, as you know, someone who offers a solution. So um, it's, it's an iterative process for sure. Um, but I see Facebook ads being one route to uh, getting some initial eyeballs if you don't have any other access to traffic sources. And it's good to view from both of those sides because if you have the audience, you should be doing what you can to see if the concept works. If you have a good conversion rate, if the landing page, the back end is looking good. But if you don't have an audience, an ad can work also, but you do want to keep that budget very small because you don't have a proven concept yet. Once you have it For proven, sure. you can play around and expand with it. On the podcasting front, there are usually two styles for the most part. And there are other styles that it's a little bit of a combination, but the two main styles are interview-based shows and solo-based shows. And 
Me personally, I like to do the interview-based shows because you get so much more content out. There's accountability. But a lot of people are also advocating for solo shows to provide more of your value. And I'm actually thinking about doing this with Breakthrough Success. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, I may have done some solo episodes already. But I am wondering, what's your take on the interview versus solo? Should we just be doing only one or the other? Or do we lean more towards one or the other? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think this is a great, um, this is a great question. And the, what an interview show allows you to do is a little bit different than what a solo show allows you to do. You mentioned a little bit um, as you were talking into it, solo shows really allow you to highlight your own expertise and your own knowledge and it positions you as the teacher the educator as the coach as the consultant so if you want to uh, have a relationship with your audience where you are the expert you are the person who has the solution figured out and you can then share that with them through the podcast and through your products and services and your other content that's a great positioning tool to uh, allow for listeners to create that uh, mentor-mentee, that coaching relationship with you from absolute day one. Um, now, the interview-based uh, model, I think, is a great model when you want to position yourself as an authority. You, you kind of get a little bit of that rub-off authority from interviewing other authorities in your space and, and the credibility there. Um, I think it's a great way to generate high quality content, especially if it's on a breadth or, or a wide area of topics that you as an individual don't have um, a, a ton of expertise around all those different areas. But also it allows you to highlight more and more other people's stories and their journeys and their um, experiences. So especially if you're creating an audience where the audience um, either is there to learn from the guests that you bring on or they're on the same journey as the guests that you bring on. They have potentially similar stories and they want straight up just examples of other people and how it works out for them or doesn't work out for them and how they can watch out for, for what's coming. But fundamentally, I think if you're thinking about should I do an interview show or should I do solo, I'm a big believer in do what naturally intrigues you, you know, try out whatever um, feels interesting and, and exciting for you. If you're terrified by the idea of doing a solo show, because I know a lot of people, you know, if, if you get behind a mic and, and there's just this like blank space and you're not sure what to even talk about, then start with interviews. Um, if you, if you feel like um, you are interested in doing both. I'm, a, I'm also a big believer in not having a solid, we only do this on this show format. You can do some interviews, you can do some solo, you can uh, play with your show format a little bit and get a little bit of the best of both worlds, especially if you're using the podcast as part of a business, part of a brand. Um, and then one other side benefit of the interview style is all the super value add networking capabilities and like connecting with somebody and essentially saying, Hey, I would love to feature you to my audience of, you know, this targeted group of individuals. I'd love to bring you on, feature you and your expertise and your story. 
Like there, that is an incredible way to open up doors for you. Um, as someone who's leading with value first, you're not reaching out to them to ask in a taking way, which a lot of sales and a lot of, you know, cold outreach feels like it's very taking. Um, but you're, you're making that connection in a way to offer value. And then that kind of snowballs into its own momentum where you just get all these connections coming to you uh, and you get individuals coming to you because you are the podcast host. You're the one who's got the platform that people tune into. Um, and so you get that rub off credibility. You get uh, the, the expanding network over time and you get exposure to some of those individuals audiences as well. So there's a lot of different things going on there with the you know, interview versus solo, but I'm a big fan of both for their own reasons. And I like how there's different reasons to do each of them. And that's just why I've, I've heard about that in the space. And it's one of the reasons why you're probably seeing the solo episodes right now, as of this recording, I haven't done a solo breakthrough success episode, but you've probably seen them by now. But with the, I want to go more into the interview style because with an interview, you get to engage with people. You get to talk to people, build relationships. Some of the people who have been guests on my show, they've helped me with promotions. We've done cross promotions of books. And some people have either become clients or attracted new clients to my business. So a big part that not everyone is looking at is the follow-up process with guests. So I'm wondering if you could share with us, what is your follow-up process? Someone comes on your show or your client's show, what does the follow-up look like for the guest? Yeah, and this is huge. This is huge. I'm so glad that you touched on this because from a uh, connections standpoint, like uh, you can imagine if you have a great conversation with somebody, you record it and you release it and you say, hey, your episode's live, then that potential relationship just kind of disappears forever. Um, whereas, you know, like you were saying, if you, you, there is the potential for referrals, there's the potential for cross promotions, there's potential for essentially different forms of collaboration where you can actually help each other out and support each other in a abundance mindset. So the, there's a few things that we find, um, work really well in terms of creating that relationship. One is actually just informing the guest when their episode is even going to go live. It's amazing how few people actually let their uh, interview guests know, hey, we've got your episode completed. It's scheduled to go live on Tuesday. Um, and we would love if you shared it out, but I really enjoyed having this conversation. It doesn't have to be fancy. You're just following up with them via email or, or you know, if you connected with them originally on LinkedIn or Twitter, you can do it that way. But um, Letting them know is huge because that immediately gets you back top of mind. Because um, sometimes it's a couple of weeks since, you know, from the time you did an interview to the time it goes out. Um, so oftentimes, you know, people are busy. They just forget and they move on. <laughs> um, so that's important is letting people know when their episode is going to go live. Then um, I'm also a believer in sending them pre-written marketing templates that they can share your episodes out to their existing network and their existing audience. Um, a lot of times, you know, we recommend that folks do this either the day the episode does publish or the day before. Um, and these can be simple social media posts. 
um, but you can pre-at tag the host, you can pre-tag the, the guest and their name and their social media accounts um, and any of their brands and that kind of stuff. So you can really tie it in, make it super easy for them to share and promote. And again, not everybody will, especially people who do a lot of podcast interviews. They're not going to promote every single podcast interview they've been on. But I can sure say it makes it a lot easier when you pre-write and pre-script and pre-template the whole thing for them. Um, and that, you know, they always know, okay, I can do my own thing, but if you provide it for them, that makes, that makes a huge difference. Um, and then one thing that is kind of, this is, this is like the above and beyond that I see. Uh, there's two, two things that I've, I've seen work out really well. One is if you, you as the host actually think and, and honestly, this can go either way. If you've been a guest on a show or if you were the host of the show and you had a guest on your show, you can think about that person's business, that person's brand, that person's audience, uh, what they're about. And if you can see any potential ways to collaborate with that person or support what they are doing to contribute to what they're doing, reaching out to them with an email, a LinkedIn message and saying, mm -hmm. Um, saying that one thing. So maybe you have some audience overlap um, or maybe you as a service support the higher end of, of that client spectrum and they support the lower end of that client spectrum. You know, you can reach out and say, you know, hey, um, occasionally we get in inquiries for folks who aren't really qualified for our service, but they would do great with a program like yours. Uh, I would love to, you know, what's a great way I can send them your direction and connect you with some business um, if that's a great fit. So obviously that's not going to work for everybody, but you get the point where you are looking for ways that you can collaborate, that you can contribute to them. Um, and a lot of folks are open to having a follow-up conversation um, if you can, can think of some ideas on potential ways you can collaborate. Um, just to spark the thought process of what that can look like. Because a lot of times if you just reach out and say, hey, I'd love to have a call to see how we can collaborate and support each other, it's just too general and bland and, and broad and doesn't actually say anything. So people who are super busy mm -hmm. just aren't interested. But if you can say, you know, hey, sometimes we get, um, you know, inquiries from folks who aren't qualified for our service but might be a great fit for your course, I'd love to talk about ways we can collaborate and, and support each other. Boy, that sounds a lot more interesting. That sounds a lot more enticing. So um, that is one route that works really well. The other route that makes people feel special is uh, doing, doing things that are less scalable, like sending a handwritten note or sending a handwritten postcard or letter um, now, obviously this requires having their email or their, their actual physical mailing address, but in the interview booking process, you can set up your forms, your intake forms so that you actually get their email uh, or their mailing address and you can send them a card. You can send them a thank you for being on really appreciated having you, you know, share your expertise with our, our audience. Um, you know, uh, and you can, it can be very simple, but that, just some of those simple actions that aren't super scalable uh, are the things that stand out for, for guests and actually create more of a relationship there. So those are, those are some first ways um, that you can do it. 
Then depending on what type of relationship you're trying to create, um, there's a few other routes that you can go. Cause you can use podcasting as a way to get a foot in the door with potential clients, especially if they are bigger corporate, you know, um, department type clients, you can use it as a way to build out connections in an industry for like referrals and, and cross promotions and, you know, maybe even lining up speaking opportunities in, in the same industry. So um, beyond that, a lot of times it has to be unique to you, unique to you as a personality and your brand. Um, but I think what I've shared so far is definitely enough to get people started in creating better, longer relationships from those interview conversations. And that advice was really spot on. I have my acuity form set up. It asks the different questions. It asks for the mailing address because being able to send that postcard is going to put you above and beyond most of the other podcasters out there. And when you do think about what types of relationships you want to build with a podcast, what types of opportunities you want to get, how all of that aligns, that's how you really get to see the magic of interviewing people for a show. That's why I love this type of content so much you can obviously see that ben loves it so much and he's helped all of his clients and you guys may want to check out ben's work because he helps people who want to generate cash flow with podcasting who want to get seen by millions of people through podcasting so with that in mind where do we go to keep following your working journey awesome awesome yeah so our brand is cashflowpodcasting.com so that's where all of our services are um, and we are a service company, so we put out a lot of educational content. We've got a book, we've got um, some workshops and, and various things so that people can apply these same principles for their own business if they're not interested in having it done for them. So that you can find all of that, all those resources at thepodcastprinciples.com. Um, and it's a great way to plan out, strategically map what your podcast is going to be and how it's going to contribute and support your business. We will have all those links down below in the show notes. Thank you, Ben, so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Awesome, Mark. Thanks so much. It was a great time.